everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 93 with Justin Wynn. Uh, so this is a shorter but super fun and relevant episode, uh, mostly focusing on maximizing LinkedIn, networking, uh, and just really authentic career advice uh, for students and you know hired professionals at large. Uh, Justin, just uh, is a fellow podcaster, it was really great to talk to um, his show, Declassified College. Uh, kind of helps unlocking the cheat codes of, uh, you know, for students navigating college. So a uh, really great resource to uh, share with students. So uh, definitely go check it out and uh, very much appreciate uh, Justin's time here. Uh, so after this brief message from our sponsor, uh, this is episode number 93 with Justin Wynn. This episode is sponsored by Degree.me, a one-stop college research tool for students. If you work for a college or university, you'll want to learn all about their ability to connect you with the right students at a budget-friendly price. To find out more, please visit degree.me H-E-G. Well, I appreciate uh, you making time for the show here, Justin. I'm uh, really excited to uh, talk with you, and always nice uh, to have a fellow podcaster on. So, um <laughs> Yeah, I guess uh, if you want to just kick us off, as we always do, if you want to just introduce yourself really quick and just give a brief overview of your uh, professional journey so far and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, of course. So Justin Wynn, I'm the founder of the Get Your Grind Up movement. And basically what we're trying to do with Get Your Grind Up is really share the cheat codes to success. So we have our own podcast called Declassified College, where we're sort of changing the game with with podcasting a little bit especially in the career space we're moving away from long form interviews and more short form five to ten minute podcast episodes that are really geared towards one specific topic so those are sort of the two main things that i'm working on when it comes to like why i'm qualified to be talking about career stuff uh, i started creating content on linkedin when i was in college and now i get about two hundred thousand views on my stuff every single month and that's all geared towards career how to find internships etc and then when i was in school i actually got rejected from 50 plus internships even with like a near 4.0 GPA and joining the clubs. And then I ended up graduating with uh, five internship experiences. So I sort of mastered the way of of learning the ins and outs of college. And I'm just here to sort of share all of that insights to any college students out there or any parents that are looking to share that insight to their students as well. Yeah, very cool. Um, so I guess, yeah, we can dig a little bit deeper. I mean, it's obviously a, uh, especially relevant in this interview. And sometimes it's just a kind of a, from my higher ed perspective, it's like a kind of a curiosity to hear <laughs> about people's, uh, you know, their own college experience. But um, yeah, it really was like a uh, kind of a launching pad for you to, you know, go through the experience of, you know, figuring everything out and wanting to uh, kind of be generous and not kind of like hog all of the uh, kind of expertise that you developed and everything and talk with great people to keep, uh, uh, you know, keep sharing that relevant information, help others. So uh, I guess if you want to like dig into that a little bit deeper, like, you know, it's like some of the struggles, I guess, in terms of like getting those internships or just like, you know, if you did sort of, you uh, you know, unlock something at a certain point that allowed you to like get where you wanted to go. Just, yeah, just share a little bit more about your college experience and how that's still kind of resonating with you today and the work that you're doing with the, the podcast and everything. Yeah, of course. Um, so just a little bit like more background on sort of how I was brought up. Both of my parents are Vietnamese refugees. So I was sort of brought up very traditional of listen to your parents, what they say kind of goes. And what I was always told growing up was if you get good grades in school, you'll ultimately have a job. And I think a lot of people are told that. And as kids, we're told to like respect our parents. So we sort of believe that. 
So that's what I did. I went to college. I thought that having the 4.0, joining the student clubs, doing everything that I was quote unquote told to do to be successful. And then I kept on getting rejection letters. So I was like, why the heck am I struggling so hard to get an internship while the kid next to me has a 3.0 and he's interning at Goldman Sachs this summer? So I started to dive a little bit more and I realized the reason that I wasn't getting even a chance to get these internships was my resume probably wasn't even getting read. And even though I was going to career services day after day, trying to get it critiqued the best way possible, the matter of the fact was I couldn't get a referral or I didn't have someone to give me a referral. So I, once I learned that cheat code of if you get a referral, the chances of your resume actually getting seen just skyrocket. I think it's somewhere between like 50 or 60% chance that your resume gets seen with a referral. That's when I started to learn the game of networking and, and especially LinkedIn. So LinkedIn has been a huge platform for not just my career, but for numerous of others, people that I've talked about when it comes to how to get those internships and job offers. So I guess we can kind of start there of of LinkedIn. That's that's the platform you need to be on as a college student. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've found recently for sure that uh, it just like content that I'm creating, you know, and it's certainly I guess more professionally minded for other uh, hired professionals primarily, like, you know, um, that it just gains so much more traction. I mean, there's so much noise in social media, you know, in general. So I think, um, I don't know. I think, yeah, people like kind of like overlook LinkedIn, but it, it's really uh, positioned itself if you use it in a really you know, purposeful, like uh, forward thinking way, uh, you can really build your network and, you know, form really good connections and yeah, internship opportunities. So I think, you know, it's certainly good to, uh, you know, for any hired professional out there, like trying to help kind of model the way or, you know, be knowledgeable about it so they can uh, support your students with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess with that, I mean, that, that obviously is, you know, uh, like you said, like a huge part of your college experience, like, did you have to kind of figure it out on your own? And, and I guess kind of speaking to that and maybe like an anecdote of like, you know, a meaningful connection that you got from it of just, of just sort of how that kind of came to be. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of crazy how LinkedIn all sort of started. I think many students, when they're in college, they're told you need to be on LinkedIn. You, This is a great platform, but not many people actually go out of their way to explain how to use it. And that's sort of the differentiating, the same way with networking, right? Everyone says you need to network, but not many people tell you how to actually network. So mm-hmm. with LinkedIn, I was essentially on my own. I knew I needed to be on there, but I was just testing things here and there. And I didn't even know that content was even on the platform. I just thought it was... Uh, a professional Facebook because that's what everyone always said. So I got onto the platform, noticed that people were creating videos and, and writing content and I started to pay attention to it and I tested some things and I was getting like one or two likes or something like that and it was terrible. And then all of a sudden I saw that people would tag these quote unquote influencers on the platform and those posts tended to do really well. So I started to reach out to quote unquote influencers on LinkedIn, the the Quinn alums of the world, the Shea Robottoms, et cetera. And I would hop on phone calls with them and just under try to understand what they were doing differently compared to me and get their tips and tricks. And then I saw a post that went viral about how people hated the spam sales messages on LinkedIn. And I created a piece of content around there and I tagged a bunch of influencers at the bottom. And at this point, I maybe had like two or 300 connections. And that post went viral for me. It was at 
I was sitting, I remember I was sitting in my economics class right next to my friend and it got 10,000 views, then 20,000, then the next 30, 30 minutes passed by and it's at like 40,000. I'm like, what the heck is even going on right mm -hmm. now? And I'm like tapping my friend on the shoulder and we're just so confused. So that's what really got me into the content creation space on LinkedIn and I haven't really left it since. And it's been fun to really get to know people and interact. And you don't necessarily need to go viral to build up a, a large network. I actually tell students that the content that you create is super important when you're reaching out to individuals that of like jobs that you want to get into, because you can use that content to showcase your skills um, that you actually have compared to just a resume, which a lot of people lie on. But if you have tangible, <laughs> uh, like if you have tangible assets to show and you create that content on LinkedIn and it gets in front of the right person, that's sort of your credibility. And that takes a lot of risk away from the recruiter, the hiring manager, or whoever may be that's looking at your stuff. Well, even then too, I mean, just obviously like with any social media, like just that opportunity to like, you know, you see something somebody else posts, you're commenting, you're sort of like, and just like that engagement part of it too, I feel like is so valuable. But yeah, you're kind of like showing your work and, you know, featuring yourself a little bit more dynamically than, um, you know, just your resume, you know, which essentially your LinkedIn page is your resume, but then you can get, you know, endorsements and recommendations on there, you know, so there's so many features on there that I think can be so valuable and allow yourself to be able to be featured in a more, uh, more deep and dynamic way than, you know, just your typical kind of uh, templated resume. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, cause like, I think LinkedIn is a perfect platform. Again, I'll speak from like the student perspective because let's say someone wanted to work at Microsoft, right? And then they they found someone that worked as a software engineer at Microsoft and then cyber stalked them all the way to following them on Instagram. That would be really weird, right? Um, mm -hmm. And if you try to send that person a DM, they probably would be like, why the heck is this 18-year-old college kid messaging me? But if you do that same thing on LinkedIn, it's sort of acceptable. And it's because it's on this professional platform that if you created a piece of content, let's say, again, the software engineering route where you coded a video game, um, very basic video game, and you posted that out so that people can see, people are actually going to see it because that post on Instagram can't compete with the Instagram models, the Mr. Beast, the Gary V's, uh, et cetera, of Instagram. Mm -hmm. But on LinkedIn, you can compete pretty well because the content on that platform is already professional. There's not really a Gary V. I mean, obviously Gary V is on the platform, but he's not producing as much content as compared to on Instagram and everything like that. So there's a lot less competition for your stuff to actually get seen. Yeah, it is just interesting. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I even use it like, because I think, yeah, you're trying to network with somebody. It's like, that is nowadays kind of like the modern Rolodex. You know, you're connecting mm -hmm. with somebody. You can see like, oh, yeah, you've worked at like, you know, all these different companies for this long. And this is, you know, uh, the degree that you got and other like, you know, because it integrates with so many other like digital education uh, platforms to show other like certificates that you've gotten. So, you know, you can really see firsthand like, okay, these are the things that you've done to get where you are. And then, yeah, you send them a message to perhaps, you know, follow up and you can just ask more uh, sort of personalized or in-depth questions versus like, where did you work before this? It's like, I, I already have all the information. So let's get like, you know, into the weeds here. Um, so uh, yeah, so valuable. And I think, yeah, such good advice for uh, students and professionals. It's just for anybody really, obviously it's, it's you know, not uh, uh, irrelevant to any, any working professional. <laughs> it, it is a, a great uh, platform to invest in. I think, yeah, since I've uh, pushed out content more readily there, I've, I've seen, 
uh, seen it get quite a bit more traction. So I don't know what, they, what they've done with their algorithms lately, but it is working and uh, <laughs> very, very, very much appreciated. Um, so I guess like kind of final note on that, I guess like just what's been like, I guess most enjoyable, like you've obviously just kind of hit on something here to, uh, you know, be creating content or just engaging on LinkedIn, you know, more readily. So uh, I don't know if it's something that you um, have done before in different ways of like creating content, uh, original stuff and anything like that i guess just like yeah is it like sort of striking on a creative itch or something like that of just like what what's been really enjoyable um uh, just about this since you've uh, kind of been going all in on it a lot recently yeah i mean i think the most enjoyable thing for me has been just getting the feedback from students of like oh my god this helped me so much or um people especially with the podcast are like man i wish i listened to this earlier or i wish i had this earlier on in my college career and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to target more freshmen and sophomores but that's that's sort of the beauty of creating content because if I never put that out there, no one would have ever heard that and no one would have ever, ever been able to tell me that. And I think that's sort of the most important thing to me of being able to actually see the results that that I'm putting out there, like people commenting on my posts, people sending me DMs. That's what is so great about content creation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like it's one of those things that I think sometimes people are like, demotivated to like even try to like put stuff out there and sometimes yeah i mean you don't always have to like create something original if you're just resharing you know an article with commentary or just you know relevant information for yeah again do you keep using the example i guess you know just to keep with the <laughs> consistent metaphor or whatever you know software engineering you know if you're sort of like helping to kind of uh you know share out relevant information you don't have to be like well like, yeah i gotta you know code something unique or create something new or write something on my blog it's just like no, I mean, there's just a value in sort of like keeping your page active, showing that you are uh, keeping up with current events and those sort of things. But, you know, and it's just there's a beauty in sort of being on these platforms and active, like there's kind of room for many people to be at the table and having these conversations and uh, putting out content versus uh, I don't know, thinking that's like, well, people are already doing this. So why should I do it or something? You know, um, you can really like, you know, get yourself out there and distinguish yourself in the way that you want, like whatever the way that is. So um and yeah, it's always just great to hear. Yeah, great to hear from the audience too. Definitely. I mean, I would just add like one little thing to that point, right? A lot of people think, oh my God, I'm creating content. Who's going to see it? There's so much, there's so many people out there creating content, right? But especially on LinkedIn, I believe the stat a year ago, so maybe it's gone up a little bit, but how much percent do you think uh, out of all of I believe, like 700 million users of LinkedIn, what percentage do you think create content on a monthly basis? I'll just go with like 25%, maybe like a quarter of people. One <laughs> percent. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so like it seems <laughs> it seems like people are creating content because if you think about it, like, right, you're just scrolling down and you're seeing all you're just seeing post after post after post. But when you actually dig into it, there's not that many people um creating content. So that's why it's still there's still that ability to be seen on that platform. And then out of that one percent only about 1% create video content. So that's why if you can figure out a way to leverage content, again, it doesn't have to be anything amazing, but just putting it out there and then being able to tag people that are in hiring positions or sending it in via DMs to someone who is in a hiring position and say, hey, I worked on this software. I worked on this coding project. I would love for you to see it and give me any feedback that you have. I'm looking to to work with Netflix later on in my career and would love to just learn what I can do now to position myself better. Like you can do that on LinkedIn, but that's something that a lot of people won't tell you to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and that's good framing. Yeah. I mean, just encouraging people to put themselves out there. It's like, you are already setting yourself apart from like the vast majority of people who do nothing on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, if you're doing videos, cause I know for me, like, um, there's certain tools and this kind of gets segues to a little bit of my next question of like, there's, um, like for my podcast, you can like create basically like a video audio clip of your podcast and it has like the waveforms and it's just like, you know, you're sort of teasing out a piece of, uh, you know, the podcast through that, but that, you know, is featured through, you know, the social media platforms as a video. So it's just like going to hit on something different than, you know, my typical posts that are just like sharing out an article or a picture or something. So, you know, you're kind of diversifying there, which is sort of getting a little bit next level, maybe for some people who aren't even active on the platforms at all. It's like certainly just trying to start getting active. And then like, you can kind of start building upon it with even, uh, you know, different sort of, uh, uh, you know, mediums. But um, so I guess, you know, with stuff like that, I guess, you know, like with your podcast and just like creating content and, um, you know, uh, putting yourself out there, like, what are things that you are geeking out about if it is, you know, tools, platforms, or just hobbies or anything like that? <laughs> like, yeah, like what's, uh, what's grabbing your attention lately? Yeah. I mean, right now we're hyper-focused on how can we, how can we scale um, our podcast growth? Because I'm sure you know, like having a podcast, it's really tough to get seen because there's no real algorithm uh, behind it, right? You have a few top oh. charts, but other than that, there's no real recommendation side. Apple has a little bit of it, but it's kind of tucked at the bottom of of the the playlist and everything. So we've been trying to see how can we leverage other platforms, and obviously LinkedIn has been the the base of everything, but we're looking to expand into other other ones. So right now. We're looking into possibly going into YouTube as well as TikTok. Um, TikTok is the most viral platform that there is right now. The algorithm is amazing, but it's just figuring out how do we make career education, quote unquote, sexy to compete with everything else that's on TikTok. So that's what that's what we're going through right now. And we're still in sort of that sort of that ideation phase. But who knows? Maybe you'll see Declassified College on TikTok soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, and that's almost like the idea of like geeking out about something like a fun challenge like that, kind of just like putting yourself to task of just like, yeah, how can we like figure that out? Um, because I think people are, yeah, they're playing with it to, you know, uh, not just have it, it. I think everything is done in that, you know, sort of fun and very engaging way, but like it can be educational. It can be, you know, um, I don't know, just having other expressed purposes than just fun for its own sake, which is fine. But, um, it is, I think, uh, starting to sort of uh, change in that way where um, I, I'm not on the platform while my, my wife loves it. <laughs> um, so I'm like, curious, like, I'd be curious to see if, uh, as more people use it and more people create content on it, like the different, uh, I don't know, different avenues they go. Yeah, it's a super unique platform, right? Because you only have up to a minute, but most videos are seven to 15 seconds long. So it's how can you convey your your message that's, so long especially your careers right but in a very bite-sized uh content oriented place uh there's a few career content creators out there uh, madeline mann and jt o'donnell are probably the two biggest ones on tiktok i'm not sure if you if you've heard of them before but they're probably the two ones that i've seen consistently pop up on that platform but other than that there's not much so there's a space that needs to be filled and i'm not sure who's going to fill it hopefully it's us we'll see but maybe you'll see declassified college on your for you page soon who knows you know on that of like you know you've kind of um appreciated sort of name dropped a few people um i guess uh 
you know, you're watching and all that. So um, anything else just, I mean, like resources in general or like the stuff that you're consuming, you know, you're, anything that you are uh, reading, watching, listening to that you'd want to uh, kind of give a tip of the hat to? Yeah. I mean, I think the most interesting podcast that I've listened to is Business Wars. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it, but mm -hmm. it's basically... Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's so, it's so interesting to me because they're the stories that you've never really dove into, right? You know that Nike played it, Nike fought Adidas, but you don't really know the stories of how the, the strategy and the business strategy sort of played out. So I've been really paying attention to that, trying to see how Mr. Beast is continuing to always go viral is super important to me because he's gone about it in a way that most people haven't in the past. Most of the times the individuals that consistently go viral, it's because of drama or being very controversial. His is all very goody, like good story type of stuff, which isn't necessarily always going viral. So that's been super interesting for me to watch and see how can, how can I take what he's done and put it into some of our content that we're doing too. But other than that, I mean, on the non-businessy space, been loving playing Xbox lately. It's a, it's been such a great release, especially with working from home. It's very hard to sort of differentiate when to work and when not to work. And turning on the Xbox is a great way to sort of release everything and not have to worry about business or the podcast or anything like that. So that's been my main source of getting away from just working. Yeah, yeah. And I... Uh... In a recent episode, I just uh, um, actually recorded uh, on the same day as this one. But anybody listening in order, it'll break about like a week uh, a week ago. So <laughs> time is weird. Uh, but uh, we were talking about uh, kind of escaping into like dystopic stuff because like I have Last of Us Part Two, a, a mm. video game, like waiting for me, and because like been a video game for my entire life and that i'm like excited to escape into this dystopic uh video <laughs> game or whatever it's just like it's just so weird like it's actually not that much of an escape because like everything's so chaotic right now um but uh yeah it's honestly i mean it's such a great um release and thankfully i mean all things considered i've had more time recently to play video games because i'm not like you know traveling for this that or the other thing or whatever you know i can just like all right let me close my computer down i'm gonna hop on you know my ps4 and uh, do whatever. So, um, yeah, it's good stuff. Well then, uh, as we kind of wrap up the episode, um, you know, I always like to end things on an optimistic note. So if you want to just share anything, you know, and if you want to hit on all the categories of like, uh, some things that you're looking forward to in your job, life and, or the world. Yeah. I mean, I think what I'm looking for later this year is really seeing how can we can we scale the podcast. I'm trying to take it more from a startup perspective and less from a being a podcast perspective. And when I'm looking at that, it's like month over month growth. How are we going to do all of that? So that's like business wise. That's what I'm looking forward to. When it comes to anything not business wise, I'm looking forward to traveling hopefully opening up by the end of the year mm -hmm. um who knows because last year i got to go to japan and dubai and it was absolutely amazing and i was looking to kind of continue that streak this year but covid happened and who knows when things will open up especially i'm in florida so we're sort of the new epicenter of of cases and thankfully deaths are down um but who knows what the future will lie so We'll see. Hopefully that trend continues by the time this episode releases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that and that's the idea for me, too, is like trying to kind of just grab on to any of the silver linings where it's like, oh, OK, you know, like, you know, there's just 
the chaos with everything going on with the pandemic in this country, especially like, you know, but yeah, maybe like the positivity rate is going down and even though we're still getting new cases or like, you know, these things where it's just trying to uh, not kind of drown under the dread of this sort of just, you know, uh, indefinite uh, kind of uh, quarantine and everything. So um, yeah. And I feel like, because uh, a lot of people will say it's like, oh man, like when everything kind of quote unquote gets back to normal, which I'm sure things will you know, get very close to normal, but not entirely, but like, you know, that for travel, especially like, man, are people just going to go wild? Like they're, you know, they're <laughs> biting their energy and their money and their time. Like, you know, people are just going to be going all over the place or something. So I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I look forward to that as well. I mean, just within the past few years, it's been, you know, a great experience. And like, I'm just getting like the itch to like go out to more conferences and, you know, um, you know, take trips with my wife or, you know, visit friends and family and all that. So um, don't want to uh, you know, entirely <laughs> lose that, uh, that momentum. Cause I know just for that idea, you know, it's, it's probably the, the heaviest lift of the efforts that anyone can take for like networking and that sort of thing. And, uh, for me, like growing the podcast or whatever, but like, you know, I've been excited to try to get out to more conferences to uh, build my network and all those sort of things. So, um, I do look forward to being able to do it in person since I like, I work remotely anyway. So it's mm-hmm. like, like, Oh, you could just do the conference virtually. So it's like, no, I'd like to travel for it. I, mean, you know, I want to like get out of, <laughs> you know, my sort of routine and not just be like, Oh, I'm technically at a conference. I'm still sitting at my desk, you know? Um, so for me, like the most valuable part is like meeting people in person. Before. Yeah. I mean, it's just not the same, right? Conferences over virtual are just weird. Uh, <laughs> like it, it's like, yeah. it's sort of like a podcast, but at least a podcast, you know, that you're having a conversation with the other person and then it sort of like ends after that conversation and obviously you'll talk through email and, and for us slack and stuff but with like networking events it's so weird because you're you're there to hear someone talk but they can't really see your reaction so they can't necessarily change how they're talking to how you're reacting which a lot of the best speakers do and then from the networking aspect you can't really do the same either it's this super weird sort of forced environment because you have to go into these little side rooms to do your networking. And it's not the same as just meeting someone who just happens to be sitting at the coffee uh, shop, grabbing a cup of coffee that's just standing in line with you. So mm-hmm. from the conference side, I'm, I'm super excited for whenever it does open back up. Um, who knows when that will be, but man, it's a, it's going to be a journey and this will be definitely a time to, to remember for the rest of our lives. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's like the two sides of the coin. It can either sort of like, you know, bemoan where we are now or just kind of look forward to where we can be and the potential and all that. Cause I think, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's, there's going to be a lot of good positive changes from all this. And the fact that like this too shall pass eventually and just looking forward to uh, whenever that might be and uh, looking forward to being uh, together in community with people in person uh, in the near future. So uh, I think that it's a, a good place to wrap things up and, uh, you know, we'll have ways to uh, connect with you and uh, things that we mentioned in the show notes. But uh, thank you so much for hanging out and just, uh, you know, chatting about this. I feel like it's just such a good kind of uh, focused and simple way to uh, help encourage, you know, higher ed professionals to help themselves and help their students to uh, distinguish themselves professionally. So I uh, appreciate you sharing your story and uh, uh, yeah, just thanks so much for your time. No, thank you for having me, man. It was a pleasure. It was great to, it's always great to be on the other side of the mic when it comes to podcasts and stuff. So it's always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.